Good evening or good afternoon, wherever or whenever you are listening in from. Welcome along to the Checkered Flag Chat. It's the beginning of a new era for the podcasters. Previous interviewer Lachlan Mansell goes off and becomes a famous celebrity. I've taken over the reins for now and I'm taking a walk through the paddock to see which cool names and faces I can have a chat to from the Australian motorsport scene. And I'm going to kick things off with a household name. He's been racing cars for 20 years. 15 of those he has spent in supercars. And he's got 17 Bathurst 1000 starts to his name. It is, of course, Mr. Lee Holdsworth. G'day Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to come and have a chat. No worries, Ryan. Looking forward to a bit of a chat. Haven't spoken motorsport in a while. <laughs> so good to, uh, good to get back into it. Yeah, we've uh, been deprived a little bit. Now, you're currently competing in uh, Super Chief Auto TCR Australia for Ash Seaway Motorsport. It's, I mean, it's been looking like an absolute bore racing in that category. Uh, yeah, it's been good fun and it's quite unpredictable, which is cool. Um, you know, the BOP thing makes it unpredictable each round. You know, you saw the, the Morecambe's um, do quite well last round after, um, you know, having a bit of a battle on their hands for the first part of the season. And um, But, yeah, that, that's the good thing about it. You know, it's very entertaining. Uh, we came out, you know, guns blazing the first round, but um, we've lost a little bit. Bit of sport, everyone's sort of more so everyone's caught up since then, I think. But, um, <laughs> we need to uh get our get our asses into gear and finish the year on a high. You've had quite a few mechanical issues, haven't you? I mean, you started off with four podiums in a row after that win at Simmons Plains, but I mean, mechanically, it's not been fantastic, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, yeah. Yeah, there's been a few issues, but um, you know, some of them have been caused from. Like they're, they're quite temperamental little cars, you know. A small touch can uh, can bump a sensor and um, and throw it, you know, throw everything out. So um, you know, we got to remember that they they're very similar to a road car. So mm. um, they're not like a, a purpose. Well, they are a purpose built ro- uh, race car, but they're, um, they're they're a lot more similar to a road car than what say a supercar is. Uh, so all the sensors, plenty of sensors, and uh, and and they're very delicate little cars. So um, yeah, we've we've suffered a few times from mechanical issues, and then other times from uh, from from technical or electrical issues. Um, but yeah, hoping we've ironed them all out now, and uh, and we can get on with it. Now, obviously, that's where you are now. But if we rewind all the way back to two thousand and four. You've had quite a lengthy career, so if you can remember back that far, you made yeah, your debut a while ago. Yeah, you made your debut in what is now the Super Two category, and I imagine that was probably your first time in a supercar. I mean, what was that whole experience like for you? Um, yeah, I I, I remember like I actually remember that like it was yesterday. I remember, uh, you know, the first time I actually drove a supercar was uh, I believe it was. Paul Morris's supercar out at Queensland Raceway. I had a little bit of a, a test run in it. Um, I was working for Paul out at the Norwell Driving Centre, uh, doing some driver coaching and um, straight out of Commodore Cup. 
and uh and paul decided he'd give me a bit of a fang in his car which was really cool it was a black ceramic car um mm. and, and then eventually um or not long after I, I actually started driving for robert smith in the uh in the what did we call it back then it was the conica series um and uh it was an ex paul morris car that uh, robert smith bought and the first round was at wakefield park um where Alan Gurr was my teammate. Um, he also had an ex-Paul Morris car um, and was contracted by Paul at that time. Um, and the round was wet. It was a super wet round. And I finished up sixth overall. Um, and my teammate, Gurry, he actually won it. So, um, oh. yeah, it was, it was a really cool way to, to start the series and start my career in supercars and, um, and having Paul there as well to to help out was um yeah pretty a, a great way a great memory for me tell you what paul's been developing young talent for quite a while hasn't he he has actually yeah he's he's been awesome um yeah he's good at uh he's good at mentally preparing you and and actually on the radio he's great as well because when you're you know i know that when i first jumped into supercar i was quite experienced inexperienced in cars all together i'd just come out of go-karts i'd done a couple of years in uh in commodore cup and um and i really hadn't uh built up my racecraft just yet so um in a car so you know he was great at, at giving me the the aggression that i needed to um to make passes and be confident to you know bomb people under brakes and you know we all know the way that paul went about his racing it was quite aggressive um <laughs> to the point where he'd take people out every now and then um and but it was it was not a bad thing for to push me into you know being a bit more aggressive as well so paul's been a paul was a big part of my career my early career and you also made your main game debut that year as well because you landed a co-driver role in the sandown 500 and the bathurst 1000 with Philip Skiffleet and Mike Nosk. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's too far back for you to remember, but his name's actually called Skyfleet. Yeah, definitely <laughs> too far back they... for me to remember, mate. I was three <laughs> years old. <laughs> uh, um, I can tell you the the Sandown race wasn't as daunting as the Bathurst race, but um, uh, it was very cool experience to get out on the Sandown circuit with, um, with the, all the main drivers. Um, and it was probably a bit premature for me to be jumping out there, uh, <laughs> at, you know, at such a, an early stage of my career. And, um, so, so inexperienced in a supercar, but I could tell you, like, if you, if you're going to do it, um, you know, the best way to do it is to jump into the deep end to see what you're up against and mm. see the level that you need to get to. And, um, you see the super two guys, uh, even these days, you know, they can be out there winning races every weekend, but, um, and, but they come in with hot, very high expectations coming into the main series. And, um, and often, you know, it's very hard for them to make that next step. So, you know, it was great to fit, to, to get that, uh, that taste of, of where I needed to get to. Um, and it was a long shot from where I was. Um, uh, but the next race at, uh, um at, at Bathurst was completely daunting one of the most scary things I've done <laughs> in my life I'd never ever been to the circuit before 
Um, I'd driven there a couple of weeks before in a, in a, uh, in a hire car, Ryan McLeod and I went up there and, uh, and fanged around. And I think we got the, uh, the land speed record of, of a, uh, of a, of a hire car around that track. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that was, that was all the experience I had going into that race. And, um, I got about five laps in practice. Um, and, and then my first experience in the race was to be thrown out in front of the whole field after uh, Mark Noski got a drive-through penalty and I came, uh, handed the car over and I jumped back in at the head of the field about to go a lap down. Um, oh, and man. at that point, they didn't, they, they didn't used to wave the, uh, the back markers through past the safety car. So I was stuck there in front of the whole field and, um, and I was told over the radio, don't let them through over the top. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Wait for them to, to find a way around you. So um, for the, I think I lasted three laps um you know i don't think I, I was looking out the uh the front windscreen too often but um i remember i had murph and ambrose and ingle pushing me up over the top nudging me telling me to get out of the way um but uh i i abided by the uh the rules and um and i didn't let them through but um i came unstuck as i went into uh forest elbow thomas missouri was going slow on the inside and uh, so I went around the outside on the entry to the corner and all of a sudden he sped up. So I couldn't get to the apex and I was on the marbles and, uh, and, and obviously yeah, ended up feeding the car into the fence um, and breaking the front right upright. And, uh, and that was the end of our day. So um, in some ways I was relieved to be, to be, yeah, to be finished, um, but in crash. other ways it was, yeah. <laughs> But in other ways, you know, it was um, it was so disappointing to to make my mark the first time around there in that way. Um, so many have, though. but uh, I mean, that, yeah, and 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 now I, when I look back on it, I think it was probably the the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Again, I was um, you know getting a, a real feel for the level that I needed to get to, but also, you know, once you've had a a big moment at Bathurst and and crashed the car. Um, you gain a lot of respect for it. Not that I didn't have it before, but um, you, you know where the danger zones are and you know where to you know, give yourself a bit of margin for error. Um, certainly in a race, not so much in qualifying, but um, uh, since then, you know, I've had a, had a pretty good um, run of, uh, of keeping it clean around there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly have. Uh, what are you up to now? You'll be your 18th Bathurst 1000 start this year. So you're chalking wow. them up. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had plenty of uh, mechanical failures, not too many crashes around there, but um, a couple of results. But uh, yeah, it'd be nice to nice to have a good one on my 18th start. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a while because I do like your chances. Now, uh, you, you spent a couple of years in obviously the now Super 2 category and then... Gary Rogers Motorsport, they brought you into the main game full-time in 2006. That's a, that's a period that you must look back on really fondly. You picked up your first podium, your first win, both at Oran Park, coincidentally, in different years. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, without Gary, um, I wouldn't be – I don't think I'd – I would have had any career in supercar, um, you know, beyond Super 2 because – uh, we didn't have the money to sort of go anywhere with it. Um, we'd run out of budget after the second year of Super 2. 
and uh, and fortunately Gary asked me to come and drive for him for enduros. So um, that was just uh, you know a major major moment for me and my career to to be picked up and uh, and then obviously had to prove myself to Gary that you know I was good enough to be uh, to be considered for a main game drive and um, and I, and he put me in for two thousand six when um, when Karen McConville and Andrew Jones parted ways. Uh, and then it became myself and Dan Canto, who Dino just won the uh, Super Two series. So um, yeah, that was that was pretty special. And uh, and then to have a you know a six year stint at GRM, and and reward Gary with a few wins and uh, and, and you know plenty of podiums. Um, that was just just unbelievable. I, I could have never imagined that you know it was going to come to that. And uh, that first year, 2006, um, a pretty milestone moment for me was racing. Um, you know, it was a reverse grid race. Um, I, I had the lead quite early in the race. I forget where I started. Um, but uh, and, and I, towards the end, Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife chased me down and uh, had a good battle with them, but, uh, but ended up coming in in third and... Um, yeah, to, to come in behind those two blokes was amazing, you know, and, and uh, you yeah, know, something that I could have never dreamed of doing. So yeah. that was, that was, that was special for me. It just, yeah. I imagine at that point it's finishing third. It's with your idols sort of at that stage, isn't it? You just, I mean, can't believe you're racing with those drivers. And then you go back to that same track next year and you pick up your first win you talk us through what happened there it was a pretty crazy race from what i understand yeah um well i remember i think i qualified 10th for the first race um it was a uh, i believe i finished 10th as well but then um the second race it was um i think we i think it may have been wet I, f- I forget the one that I do remember is the last race, but um, in the second race, I finished fourth. And then, so starting off um, the second row of the grid for the last race, it started, um, well, it was quite wet on our outlap. And when I pulled up to the grid, um, Gary Rogers came over and he said, what do you think? And I said, oh, I, I think that, uh, I think we need to start on wet. And he said, Oh, I don't know about that. Everyone else is starting on slicks. And I said, well, you know, the way I see it is this track's going to be wet for quite some time before it dries out. I'll be able to pull a big enough gap to, uh, you know, to be able to pit for, for slicks when we need it and still have time over the others. And, um, and he said, all right, well, I'll trust your judgment. So away we went and, uh, and, and it went exactly that way, but, you know, obviously never dried out. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the amount of safety cars we had in that race, um yeah it didn't make things easy I, I pulled a gap plenty of times and uh and only to be roped back in by um by safety cars and then have to do it all over again and i think i still had a uh, a seven second lead at the end um to win the race so um you know being 20 i think i was 23 years old at that stage um and and i was working full time in the grm workshop um, so, you know, I had a really close bond with, with all the guys in there and, uh, we, we celebrated hard afterwards and yeah, it was, that was cool. You know, I, it was very emotional, emotional moment and, um, yeah. still the best moment in my career. 
<laughs> and then you spent, I was, as you said, you spent six years with, with GRM and then you moved to Stone Brothers Racing in, in 2012. I guess what were the reasons after that stint, you decided to sort of pack it up and head over to Stone Brothers, which ended up technically only being a one-year stint because it was taken over by Erebus for 2013. Um, yeah, I, I think I got to a stage where I'd been, uh, you know, I ran eighth, seventh and eighth in the championship for the last three years that, that I was there. And, um, and I just felt that I needed to, you know, I, I probably needed to challenge myself and another team. Um, you know, I, I had a great time at GRM and, um, and looking back, you know, probably uh, we could have stayed a little longer. Um, but, you know, I, the, there comes a point in your career where you have to move on and um, yeah. unless, you, unless you're winning championships. Um, so I, I went to SBR. Um, there was, you know, one of the reasons was that, you know, the family, um, I come from Brisbane um, and the family are up in Gold Coast in Brisbane. So um, that, was, that was an influencing factor. But, um, yeah, anyway, off we went. And, uh, and the first year at Stone Brothers finished up eighth in the championship um really was focused on what the team could bring for the car of the future and obviously um you know things changed at the end of that first year and uh and and we morphed into Erebus Motorsport with Betty Clemenko uh buying up buying in and uh and we became the Mercedes well not officially the Mercedes team but uh we were driving Mercedes cars and um was that, uh, that was pretty exciting at the time. Was that a bit of a, a mind trip to get around? You, you spent, you know, your career so far racing Holden's and Ford's on, on the racetrack and then suddenly you're racing a Mercedes out there and how you have to develop that for the team. Yeah, at, at that point, I didn't see it as, uh, you know, in 2012, I wasn't looking at it as if that was going to be a massive challenge. Um, you know, I thought with the backing from, from Betty and, um, and AMG customer sports that we would be in quite a position, quite a good position, um, to put together a, a really strong package. And, uh, you know, it was still all the SBR staff. Um, it's not like, you know, they changed everything over and, yeah. uh, and it was a completely new team. It was the exact same team, just with different cars. And, uh, unfortunately just the, the package that, was put together um you know we struggled initially with uh with the aerodynamics of the car um with the you know the durability of the um the front splitters um and then the biggest issue being the engine package that we had um, we just couldn't get on top of you know they were overheating um they they lacked power they lacked drivability um which we did improve over time but it just took too long just, just way too long. And, um, you know, as a, as a result, um, you know, those two years really suffered with, with on-track performances. It was a very special moment, though. And it's one of the earlier moments of watching supercars that I remember, bearing in mind that I was 11. So, you know, it was... <laughs> <laughs> um, I can only remember so far back. Uh, it was your win at, at Winton, right, with Erebus. You, you broke through and you got your first win in 
you know, over three years and it was Erebus's first win in the sport. It was, it was such a special moment for you, for Betty and, and for the team. Yeah, yeah, really special. You know, we'd worked so hard at that project. Um, There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears put in and, uh, and, and no one ever gave up. Um, everyone was always really hopeful that we would get there and, and you know, challenge for podiums and race wins. And, um, and to be honest, you know, it came as a big shock. Well, as much for, you know, for us as anyone else um, that, that we were going to be so speedy at that round. Uh, you know, obviously um, it wasn't our test track or anything like that. Um, I'd done a lot of miles there. So had Will um, as my teammate at the time. Um, but, uh, but to head down there to the Victorian track uh, as a Queensland team and, and, and go out there and uh, win the race was amazing. Um, you know, we were sort of, uh, you know, we, we were lucky to be a, a, mid, um, a midfield car, let alone, you know, be right up front. Um, so um, I remember that weekend uh, we, we just arrived at the track after, um, after having a, a burglary at home and in, an intruder enter our house the night before, um, you know, on the Wednesday night. So uh, I came in a bit unprepared and, um, yeah. and a bit, you know, not mentally uh, in the right spot. Um, but for some reason, you know, that first, that first run on the track, um, you know, there was this, uh, or they'd put down all this glue to, to patch up the circuit where it was breaking up. And that was all around the circuit. The first session was an absolute disaster for everyone because it had no grip. Um, it started gaining some grip towards the end of practice too, um, when all this glue type stuff was building up on our tires and we were laying down like a, a racing line a really grippy racing line but if you came off that racing line by you know half a foot um you you'd be spearing off the circuit um but come qualifying it's it, the whole track was so gripped up that it, and it just worked perfect for our cars um i forget where i qualified it might have been uh fourth or fifth um but uh the first race i think i finished up fifth and then um and then won the, the second race by, you know, uh, we just had unbelievable tie life. Um, and, you know, Will came through the field as well. I think he ended up P5. Um, it was just a, an absolutely amazing result for the team. And, uh, you know, I can remember all the tears. Um, you know, I know I was, I was close to, to tears. Betty was in tears. The rest of the team were, um, were very emotional. Um, it was just a great way to, to pay everyone back for, um, or just give them something back for all their hard work. And uh, the funny thing was the next day, once the, the track lost all its grip, because eventually all the, uh, all the glue peeled off and spat off to the side of the track yeah. um, in marbles. And so the, the next day it had no grip and we went back to being P15 <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and really, you know, um, struggled for pace that day, but um, yeah, the track changed unbelievably between Saturday and Sunday. Just one of those days, eh? When it all comes together, that's it. Uh, and then 2016 comes around, right? And you're racing for Team 18 at this point. This was probably 
maybe your toughest year in, in supercars, I would suggest. I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, I would actually say that 2018 was the most frustrating year of my career. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, 2016 was, was, uh, was a building year with, with well, uh, sorry, with, um, with Team 18 and Charlie. Um, 2015, I'd signed with Charlie to go to FPR. Um, or Tickford, as they now know, um, and uh, that didn't end up coming through with the, the contract um, with teams and everything on Charlie's side, and, and Charlie ended up signing his car with uh, with Walkinshaw Racing as a customer. Um, so we, you know, that first year was with Walkinshaws, and um, uh, you know, as the customer car, I think, you know, we we didn't do too bad a job i think finished up p14 in the championship wasn't ideal um but i, I you know myself and charlie felt that um you know morphing off and and starting um charlie starting his own team was probably it was probably the right time and uh and i was happy to you know help develop the team and the car um so for 2016 charlie started team 18 and uh and, and you know my expectations were that it was going to be a tough year. So you know I I mentally I knew that you know we were gonna we we're gonna have some challenges, and yeah. um, and I think that it probably met my expectations. So although it was a, a hard year, um, uh, we, we did actually you know achieve what we needed to achieve. I think in the first year of, of a new team. Yeah. Okay. Certainly. Yeah. From results, I, I, I'd say, yeah, you it's probably did achieve a lot of that. The reason I did highlight it was probably Hidden Valley, right? You have that incident. I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you put that out of your mind? It was a, a really tough period that, I mean, you missed three rounds, uh, a litany of injuries, right knee, ribs, pelvis. I mean... I distinctly remember that impact and seeing it and going, yeah, that's not going to be good. I can only imagine what it was like in the car. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, obviously, a, a, <laughs> um, when you, when you look at that part of the year, um, that was obviously the worst, uh, um, worst thing that's happened to me in my career. Um, you know, the injuries, the, uh, the impact, of the wall and and how brutal it was it was just unbelievable you know and and to be sitting on the sidelines with an injury from from racing um you know you know it's got to be it, it had to be a bad one because not many people sit out after having a crash in a car yeah. um in racing and um and be able to get back in the car after they recover so um there were heaps of challenges with that to to try and it's true. It, it didn't, it didn't take anything away from me mentally, but I just wanted to prove that to myself after the impact or after, you know, after being in hospital and recovering that I just wanted to get back into the car as quickly as possible, just to get that out of my head that, you know, what if this affects my speed on track? What if this affects the way that, um, you know, the risks that I take on track? Um, you know, am I going to worry too much about the safety now? Um, but you know, straight away I was back in. I was back in the car before I was off crutches, 
um, <laughs> at Sydney Motorsport Park when, uh, when Carl Ryan <laughs> when Carl Ryan had uh, had the uh, the wheel for the weekend, and um, and I felt yeah, it, there was not a worry in the world, and that was just nice to get out of the system, and I just wanted to be back racing as soon as possible. So, um, but yeah, that that uh, that crash is is something that I'll never forget in how um, how brutal it was on the body and and how uh, how much I knew it was going to hurt when I was heading towards that wall yeah um, it was just excruciating pain and uh, yeah when I when I watched the replay it it certainly doesn't do it any justice as to how hard that impact was um, you know that wall doesn't move that concrete wall and I hit it at 160 or 170 kilometers per hour um, on, on a pretty hard angle. And, uh, and, and we saw a spike of 95 G's, I think, but a sustained uh, impact of 55 G's. So, um, you know, it broke the seat off the mounts. Um, my knee came across and hit the, the, uh, the brake bias adjust, which is made out of steel and it broke it off. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, you can, you can sort of understand when you looked in the car at, at the, uh, the, the creasing of the chassis and the, the, the seat broken out of its mounts and everything else broken and the steering wheel, how bent that was, um, just what it, what it would have done to me as the driver. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy stuff looking into that car after a few months after and, and seeing how much damage it did. Thankfully you had obviously your family, your friends, and then the support from everyone in the community and, and your fans, everyone would have was rallying behind you and supporting. It would have been, I, I, I imagine amazing really to see the outpouring support you had at that time. Yeah, it was really cool. I think, Charlie got made up some some team shirts, um, get well soon, Lee, or something like that, and um, and uh, they wore it at one of the rounds that I wasn't able to attend. Um, you, know, you know, the commentators Neil Crompton shouting out over the telly, and uh, and and then a lot of race fans, um, you know, shouting out their their support as well. Um, all the other drivers, yeah, all the crews and everything. It was um, it was cool to you know to know that you've got that level of support and, and that level of respect in the, in the sport. Um, but yeah, all I wanted to do was get back racing and, uh, and be back for Bathurst, which we're able to do. Everyone wants to be back for Bathurst and you did it. You've uh, gone back and you've not stopped ever since 2019. You, you signed a two year deal with Tickford. You finally went racing for Tickford as you wanted to do in 2015. Uh, and you got three more podiums with them. You ended up 10th and 11th in the points those two years, but then suddenly come in 2021, you're out of a ride. <laughs> what happened there? It seemed to happen very suddenly. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, really disappointing. Um, you know, I was finally uh, in the spot that I'd want to be, wanted to be for, um, for a long time. And um, even when I was leaving GRM, Back in 2011, FPR or Tickford was was 
the team that I was tossing up, whether to go to SBR or, or Tickford. And um, obviously I went SBR, um, but looking back at it, you know, at the time I was in 2013 and 14, I was thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, um, we, we got there in the end. And, uh, and, and, you know, that first year at Tickford was, was difficult trying to get my head around a whole new driving style because um, you know, really I hadn't spent much time in a Ford. Uh, but you, I, I think it was generally more about the way that the car, um, sorry, about the, the way the team went about setting up the car for certain drivers. And Chazzy was, um, Chaz and Cam were probably more so Chaz was the driver that they developed the car around. And uh, and camp learnt to learnt to drive it fast, and um, and then I had to get my head around it, and it was just completely foreign to me. Um, so the first part of the season, while all my teammates were blazing up the front in the new Mustang, um, yeah, I was running sort of uh, midfield, and um, and you know I knew what what I needed from the car or from myself, but it was just just very difficult to switch your driving style straight away um probably more probably very similar to the way that daniel ricardo is uh, coping at the moment um but it did come to a point where it started to click towards the end of um 2019 and uh and started you know started really performing quite well and um and feeling more at home with the car with the team um developed some great relationships in that team and um and carried through to 2020 where we you know, started off, uh, started the series quite strong um, and ended the series quite strong. But uh, we had, a, you know, we had our moments through the, through the year where we lost our way a bit. Um, but I really felt like we'd, we'd made some major, major gains towards the end of the year where uh, 2020-21 was going to be a, a super strong year for me. And, um, and that was just what was so disappointing for me was, was to end at that point where, um, you know, my third year I felt was going to be where it all, uh, where we'd have put it all together. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, probably due to a bit of the COVID effect, um, you know, the team lost some sponsors and, uh, and they weren't in a position to be able to service my contract for 2021. So, um, yeah, that was the way it ended. I mean, were there any other offers on the cards from, from other teams in supercars? At that point, it was, if I, if I think back, it was, what, seven weeks out from the start of the season? Were there, were there any seats left anywhere else? Or was it just a case no. of you had to start looking elsewhere? Yeah, no, it was... Uh, look, I, I, I started getting some, uh, you know, understanding where I, where I stood probably a few weeks after Bathurst. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, I was in a contract, so I couldn't do much. Um, but then, yeah, seven weeks out from the start of the year was uh, was when you know it it became official. And uh, but at that point, you know, everyone's done and done and sorted for the year, so it was way too late to be uh, you know um, to to be able to get a drive, secure a drive in the 2021 series. Um, so. Um, I, the, the phone was ringing hot with, uh, with inquiries about co-driving. 
which was cool, but um, you know, obviously it's not, it wasn't what I wanted to be doing in, in this year. I wanted to be full-time driving. You did wind up in TCR, like we spoke about at the very start of the podcast. How, how did you get there? Obviously, racing for Astrid Motorsport, who were a front-running team in 2019, uh, still are in 2021. Uh, I mean, did they approach you? Did you approach them? Was TCR the obvious choice as well for you? Um, yeah, it, it was the obvious choice. Um, I think when you're looking at series outside of supercar, the next series that comes to mind that that's um, close, you know, the closest thing in terms of professionalism is TCR. Um, you know, there's car manufacturers involved. Um, there's, there's good television. Um, so that was the closest thing I could get. And, um, and actually being able to make some money out of it uh, and, and continue as a professional driver. Uh, yeah, that was the obvious choice. So um, I, I contacted a few teams, a few teams contacted me. Um, and uh, I think I spoke to Ash um, after I contacted him and, and then um, he, yeah, him and I really wanted to put something together. Um, and yeah, eventually we did. Um, you know, I didn't want to muck around too long because, uh, you know, it was very late in the piece. Most, most TCR drives were, were also, um, taken. So, yeah. uh, yeah, we, we put together a, a, a deal and, um, and here we are. So you mentioned your phone ringing about co-drives for the Bathurst 1000. You did get one and a pretty darn good one. I would rate it probably your best ever shot at the 1000. You're teaming up with Chaz Mostert, who used to be your teammate over at Tickford. And I mean, for Walkinshaw and Jody United, they're performing really, really well this year. Mostert is in sublime form. He's dominating TCR, which I, I imagine half your mind is frustrated by that. Whereas the other half is going, this is great. I'm teaming up with this guy later in the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um it's it's a pretty good deal, you know. That that team is, um, it, it excites me to be with that team because you can see the trajectory of of their path and uh, and where they're wanting to to go with it all. You know, they're, they're probably similar to um, where Penske was a few years ago. I would say where with DJR um, when when Penske did join, um, you know, they've got the backing. Of, of uh, the Andretti's, um, Zach Brown, um, Ryan Walkinshaw, all those guys—they're—they're they're not in it to just make up the numbers. You know, they're—they're they're there to win races, and um, and Chaz has been able to do that a few times this year, which is cool. Um, they're still, you know, looking for that consistency. Um, but you know, I think the longer uh, longer we wait, the more consistency you'll find. And, uh, and I think Chaz will be in a position over the next, um, I would say that they'd be hoping to be in a position next year to challenge for the series. Um, I don't think that they probably won't be able to do it this year, but yeah, I think he's running third in the championship or third or fourth in the championship. So um, he's not far off. And um, so, yeah, I'm super stoked. And, and Chaz is such an awesome dude, awesome driver, um, you know, great engineer, 
pairing with Adam Debore as well. Yeah. Um, and he's got that in, uh, unfortunately, he's got he's still got that pairing in TCR as well, which makes for a strong combination. Yeah. Um, so in one way, we're, uh, we're, we're competing up against each other this year, but in another way, we're, uh, we're, we'll be fighting for um, the exact same goal at Bathurst. You talk about Walkinshaw maybe competing for the title next year. I saw a news article recently about them talking about who they're going to have as Mostert's teammate next year. You've expressed a desire to want to go back to supercars. Do you look at that as maybe an option? Um, uh, it's it, it's hard to hard to say. Like I obviously I'd love to um, be in a full time seat. Um, you know they've got their two drivers there at the moment. Um, I don't know what their plan is for 2022. Um, but if they came to me and asked me to drive full time, that'd be a pretty easy answer. So um, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? Uh, hey, it's going to be a pretty busy end to the year with this massive delay we've had. Uh, <laughs> Mid-season break, we'll call it, to every professional level of motorsport in the country. Uh, it's, I guess, how do you keep yourself busy and match fit ahead of what's going to be, I think, three or four rounds of TCR racing, the Bathurst 1000, all crammed into about two months uh, towards the very end of the year? Uh, well, I, I was I was losing a bit of motivation with my training, so I thought I'd sign up for the Noosa Triathlon to, uh, oh, to get my ass into gear. So I've never done a try before, but um, I've, I've now started training for it um swimming is a massive challenge for me <laughs> i uh but we're not able to go to any swimming pools down here at the moment so um i, I might be uh getting my first taste of it when i hit the open water up there in noosa um hopefully i can still do it too hopefully we can fly up there at that stage but um i think now with the new date for bathurst it's the the noosa try is the weekend before bathurst so um, I'll probably have to take it a bit easy because um, I want to be in prime prime condition for uh, the big race. Um, but there's, uh, you know, the, in other ways, um, you know, apart from the fitness side, still doing a little bit of training on the simulator. Um, there's, uh, there's not much else you can do, really. I mean, it's, um, we just have to wait until we can get back in the car before you can, um, you know, uh, keep those skills up. But uh, in the meantime, you know, the simulator is not too far off. The same, you know, similar skills. Yeah. Maybe I'll get an invite as a wild card for, uh, for the E-Series. That'd be good to see. See you ripping it around the oval. There's a few co-drivers running <laughs> in the E-Series. So maybe yeah. give someone a call, see if you can get in. Uh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, it's fine by. I think we're out of time, Lee. So. Yeah, already. Yeah. Well done. Want to keep it short, sharp, and sweet for the checkered flag chat. So, thank you very much for joining me, and hopefully, I'll see you at a racetrack sooner rather than later. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I'm going to go get the jab in the next week, so so I'm allowed out. <laughs> Brilliant! That's awesome. Thank all right. you. Cheers, Ryan. Thank you very much. That's all for episode one, season two of the checkered flag chat. That was Lee Holdsworth, and I'm Ryan Jones, and you can tell me who I should talk to next. Just head
head over to Checkered Flag Media or follow myself even on social media and comment with who you think should be the next guest here for episode two and we'll see if we can make it happen. But uh, until then, stay safe and we'll see you later.